Now, our theme for the year, as you probably know very well, is Lord, teach us to pray. Won't you say that with me? Lord, teach us to pray. And so we are asking this year, and we are saying, Lord, would you share with us and teach us your thoughts, your ideas, your concepts regarding prayer, because, Lord, you know it, and we need to get it, so would you please teach us? Because we want to grow, and we want to see our prayer lives flourish. We want to also awaken a culture of prayer in this church. And I believe that God can do it through the declaring of His Word and the working of the Spirit of God, and that after a while, you can look back and you can say, my goodness, God has raised up a culture of prayer. God has stirred prayer individually as well as corporately. And so we're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Why? Because prayer is the lifeline of the believer. It connects us to our Heavenly Father. And because prayer releases the greater things of God. I've often heard it said that one of the major keys that precedes revival or a move of the Spirit of God is if you investigate those revivals, you will discover that before the time, prayer was a foundation. There was a lot of prayer going on. And God heard those prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous. And then he brings about a working of his spirit. And suddenly people hear of the working of the Spirit and they think it's wonderful. It just happened because people were hungry. No, people also prayed in advance because of that. And so let's keep learning. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I'm sure that all of us, we want to be effective in our prayers. Think about that. You want to be effective. You don't want to pray in such a way that it accomplishes nothing, goes down like a lead balloon. Dunk, nothing happens. And I believe that we can learn different ways of prayer and we can learn the right heart and spirit in order to see prayers being effective. Now, I'm going to ask you a question and think about this very carefully. Actually, two examples around prayer, but I want to ask is it effective to pray in the following way? Here's the first example. You're driving down the road, driving in your car, and you hear over the news that there is violence on the campus. And so you pray, Lord, please restore peace to those grounds. Restore harmony to those grounds. Is that prayer effective? Let me give you another example. You lay your head down at night on the pillow, and you think about your friend's marriage who is in trouble, they're in difficulty, there's crisis, and, and you just pray the following prayer, and you say, Lord, would you please intervene in their marriage? That's it, that's your short prayer. Lord, please intervene in their marriage. Is that prayer effective? In other words, what I'm saying are short, quick prayers effective? And I want to say to you, yes, they are. Those prayers are effective. We should be encouraged to pray short, quick prayers as part of the way we do life. And I believe I'd go as far as to say that this is one of the most effective ways of praying. 
And so this is, I believe, a message that will be an encouragement to you today, and hence the title which is on your screen is Shooting Up a Prayer. Would you say that with me, please? Shooting Up a Prayer. And this is encouraging the habit of spontaneous prayers. Now, in deciding on a title for today, I struggled to come up with the right title. This is the one that I felt most comfortable with. Now, I know that in substance addiction, shooting up might not be the best connotation, all right? But I'm just going to redeem that right now, and we're going to talk about it in the realms of prayer. Here you are, you pray to God, and you shoot up a prayer to God in heaven, and you trust Him for an answer. So, shooting up a prayer, let's understand it in the right context, okay? Uh, would you so long turn to Nehemiah chapter 2? I hope you brought your Bible with you. We're going to read in a moment's time from the New King James Version. I encourage you, first choice, read in your Bible. Second choice, read on the screen. Because turning to Nehemiah chapter 2, we find that Nehemiah actually prays in this type of way, in the way that we're speaking about shooting up a prayer to heaven. But I think it's first good to give a little bit of a context around this passage of Scripture that we will read. And so the context is as follows. Nehemiah hears that there is trouble in his homeland. His brother and some of the friends come to him and they say, listen, he asked him, how's it going back in Jerusalem? in the place where my fathers are buried. And they say to him, buddy, it's not going well. In your homeland, Jerusalem, it's chaotic. It's disastrous. The walls have been torn down of the city. The city is lying in ruins. Even the gates of the city have been burned by fire. And so Nehemiah is devastated because he has a love for his homeland. He's devastated by this news. And in his heart, he is stirred to do something. Now, let me just pause for a moment and say that there could be some of you here today, you are facing things, things that you have heard, things that you're aware of, and there is a desire in your heart that you have to do something in the school in which you're in, in the city in which you're in, even in the nation in which you're in. And I want to remind you that God can use you to do things beyond what you think you can do. Nehemiah was moved for the welfare of his people. And I pray that God would raise up more and more believers in this nation that are concerned for the welfare of this nation and will begin to do good under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? And so that's the context. It's devastation. Nehemiah has a passion to do something. Let's pick it up in Nehemiah 2, verse 1 to 8, reading from the New King James Version. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king, because Nehemiah was the cup bearer to the king. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. By the way, in those days, the people feared the king. Because, I mean, the king could just look at you funny or be in a bad mood and he could just, you know, take you apart like a clock. You're out of there. Something like that. And so it was really fearful to be in the king's presence. 
and then to be addressed by him because you're looking sad. And so it says here that he became dreadfully afraid. And the king, and he became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? And then these beautiful words. So, I prayed to the God of heaven. Please say that with me. So, I prayed to the God of heaven. Again, one more time. So, I prayed to the God of heaven. What did Nehemiah do in that moment? He prayed. And in verse 5, it says, And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask you to send me to Judah to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. I want to tell you, Nehemiah was a leader. On to verse 6 on the next slide, it says, Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. He has a wonderful breakthrough. The king is actually sending his cupbearer, to do the purposes of God. Furthermore, I said to the king, now, besides for being sent, he says, king, I want this and I want this as we go into this. (laughs) So he says, so, uh, furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, the river Euphrates, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber. How's that? (laughs) To make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I occupy. He's now really being bold here. And then the last verse, it says, And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. And we say the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Now, so the outcome of this is that Nehemiah found favor with the king. And Nehemiah began the mission of rebuilding. And he went to the people in Jerusalem and he said, guys, it's time to arise and build. Rise up and build. That's what he said. And do you know wonderfully? God gave Nehemiah success. The project was successful. The wall was rebuilt. And do you know that it was built in the remarkable time of only 52 days? That is incredible. It is not humanly possible that that could have been done. But it is possible with God. And the scripture tells us that even the surrounding nations were terrified when they heard of of what had been done. And they knew that God was with Nehemiah and the people of God. Now, Nehemiah 2 verse 4 is our key text for this morning. Let's look at it in a few other translations. The one that's on your screen is the Living Bible. And it says, well, what should be done? The king asked. Now look at this. With a quick prayer to the God of heaven. Now, by the way, some of you that have people that pray in your life group for a long and a long and a long and a long time, you wishing they will notice this. 
With a quick prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please your majesty. I hope the, the person who prays long didn't see you giggle, because then they know. It's blown. It's blown. The same verse, verse 4 in the message says, The king then asked me, so what do you want? And here it says, praying under my breath to the God of heaven, I said, if it please the king. Now the next one I want to share with you is the Afrikaans Bible. And I want to submit to you that the Afrikaans Bible puts this best. Enig Afrikaans mense wat baie gelukkig is daar oor. Okay. <laughs> settle mense, settle. Now, in the Nieuwe Vertaling, Nehemia 2 vers 4. Hoofstuk 2 vers 4. It says, Ek het a skiet gebed opgestuur na die God van die hemel. Prijs die Heere, kan jylle die salving hoor, terwyl die dominee preek. <laughs> Alright, for those of you that don't understand Afrikaans, it basically means, ek het a skiet gebed, a shooting, I'm sorry, it means, I prayed a shooting prayer, I sent up a shooting prayer to the God of heaven. I think that is a great translation. It really is. And hence, our title today, Shooting Up a Prayer, which is what Nehemiah did. Now, I have three things that I want to talk to you about regarding this passage of Scripture. Number one, the fact that Nehemiah prayed at that moment. Please say this with me. The fact that Nehemiah prayed at that moment. You see, what was happening here is Nehemiah prayed on the spur of the moment. It was off the cuff. It was a spontaneous prayer that he prayed. And I believe that if we want to learn, listen carefully, an important lesson about prayer, we should take special note of this moment of prayer. There's a lot in it. So Nehemiah had just been asked by the king, by his sovereign. He'd been asked a question. And the question was, what do you request? Now, protocol would require of Nehemiah to respond without any delay immediately. But no. He first took a brief moment to pray to the God of heaven. There is a major example in there. He took that moment. And I would guess that the king probably didn't even notice that momentary pause before Nehemiah answered. The king didn't even really pick it up. But I want to tell you that the king of heaven certainly noticed that pause as Nehemiah prayed to God. Beautiful what we see. Also, I find it interesting that Nehemiah wasn't so overwhelmed with the glitz and the glamour of the palace that he forgot to pray in that moment. No, when it matters most, he still kept God in first place and he prayed. I could well imagine that the palace was probably quite impressive. And there's these, uh, you know, flames of fire burning around. Everything looks smart and there's gold and, and it's impressive environment. And the king asks him something. It's easy to go into a speed wobble and forget what you do, what you need to do and so on. But right in that moment, Nehemiah said, I will pray before I answer the king. 
I also find it interesting that he managed to pray between a question and an answer. <laughs> that is a pretty quick prayer. You know what? I believe that there are some business people that need to learn to pray between a question and an answer. There's some people who are attorneys, lawyers, you're in the legal fraternity, people who are mediators, people who do arbitration, disciplinary hearings, etc. I believe that we can learn from Nehemiah. And here around a boardroom table, you get posed with a certain question. It's a very difficult one. And instead of responding immediately, just under your breath, you pray to God. The people might not even notice that you pray. Perhaps they shouldn't actually notice because they might not understand it. And you pray and you seek God. And then you respond out of that moment of trusting God. <laughs> I want to tell you, I think there's even some moms and dads that need to learn before you answer what your child has asked that you actually pray. For instance, your daughter says, Dad, why can't I go to the party? Why, why can't I, you know? And then you know that there's certain undesirable elements in terms of that environment that she might go to. And so between hearing the question and you giving the answer, Maybe you can just shoot up a prayer to the God of heaven in that moment. And you can respond in a better, a more effective way. One thing's clear is that prayer was a priority for Nehemiah. Even though he had this great passion to rebuild Jerusalem, he didn't just jump in and present his shopping list to the king when called upon, but he chose to first pray. And you know what, folks? I think... Many times, we, myself included, we are too quick or too hasty to do before we pray. Am I right? It's our tendency. We just want to get things done. Whereas if we pray first, we can see some extraordinary results, I believe. You might be in a situation where you're in a, a, in a negotiation around a business deal and things seem to be at the point of breakthrough. Breakthrough in this deal is imminent, and you're excited, and, and you kind of want to seize that moment and just put the contract out there and just say, sign it. But how about if you take a moment of prayer quietly in your heart before you seize that moment? Nehemiah sets an example for us to do that, and I encourage us to take this very seriously. Let's learn from Nehemiah. Now, I would like to point out that this was not the only moment that Nehemiah prayed. If we go back a chapter into Nehemiah 1, it says clearly that Nehemiah had fasted and prayed for several days. And the time between when he heard the bad news of how it was going and when he came before the king was approximately three to four months. And maybe besides for those few days of prayer and fasting, he had been carrying this in prayer regularly. But even though he had done all of that praying, when the opportunity came, he didn't just jump in and say, good king, live forever, give me whatever I want. No, he still prayed one further time. Are you picking up something of a heart of prayer, of a priority of prayer that was in this man? Certainly he was a man of prayer. Spurgeon says the following, it's on your screen, the man who has prayed much, is the man to pray more. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, point number two. The type of prayer that Nehemiah used. Please say this with me. The type of prayer that Nehemiah used. 
So firstly, we were looking at the fact that Nehemiah prayed at that moment. Now we're looking at the type of prayer that he used. Now, if you and I were to try to come up with a name for what do you call this type of prayer? I've mentioned the title, shooting up a prayer to God, like a skitchebet. But maybe some of the other names that we could give to this, it's on your screen, is spontaneous prayer. That's really what it is. Just out of the blue, something happens and you pray out of what you see or become aware of. A quick short prayer, shooting up a prayer, firing off a prayer. Some theologians call this exclamatory prayer, where you just declare something out to God, or you just put out your request to God all of a sudden. And in terms of this type of prayer, it happens and then it's over. It's like throwing a dart. You throw the dart and it's over. It's like hitting a ball. Maybe you've got a cricket bat and you hit a ball and in one swoop, it's dish. You hit the ball and then it's over. And praying spontaneous prayers is like that. You pray a prayer and then it's over. This is different from prayers, uh, some other types of prayers that we spoke about earlier in the year. Can you remember in January we spoke about pursuing prayers? Those are the prayers where seek and ye shall find. Now that prayer is very different to spontaneous prayers. Another type of prayer we know of is, spont uh, is not spontaneous, but uh, intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is very different from what we're talking about today. Let me tell you, I will never forget a day when I prayed a particular short prayer over my life, as you have, I'm sure, uh, we've prayed hundreds and thousands of short prayers. But sometimes there's a short prayer that you will never forget. It seems like Nehemiah never forgot this one. And I remember one day I was in frustration before the Lord. It was in December 2003. I was in frustration and I felt stuck where I was feeling like I couldn't release what God had put into my heart for the future. And so in frustration, I was down on our farm in East London. I cried out to God all on my own. I said, God, what do you want from my life? What do you want, God? It feels like I'm stuck. What do you want? And God replied. I almost wasn't expecting a reply. And he said, I will take a branch. I will crop it off, and I will plant it. And that was the beginning of Choose Life Church. And that was a promise that was given 21 months before we opened our doors for the first time. For the first time, can we give God a hand of praise for what He has done? And so I cried out that prayer to God, and God heard it, and He responded. Now, even though Nehemiah's prayer was short, and it was prayed in the mind. It seems like it was not prayed out aloud. It was in the mind. It was done. It was effective. Some of us think that a short prayer is not effective. Come on. I know you're not going to say a big amen to that, but secretly many people think that. You think you pray a little short prayer, it's probably not effective. But I want to tell you in Nehemiah's case, it was short. It was prayed in the quietness of his heart, and it was done. And scripture and history proves that God answered that prayer of Nehemiah. I want to remind you, child of God, you don't have to pray your prayers aloud, always aloud. It's also wonderful to pray prayers out aloud. 
but you can still pray in your heart and in your mind. My question to you is, does God hear prayers prayed in your heart and in your mind? Absolutely. He knows the thoughts that are on your heart and mind before you even mention them. And so we don't always have to pray out loud. We can pray in our own hearts and minds. And by the way, our minds work very fast. You've heard it said that when people have had a near-death experience, they can see their whole life flashing before them just in a moment of time. It just shows our minds are very fast. And our minds do work very fast. And I believe that prayer, prayed in the mind, you can pray a lot in a short space of time. And I'm not in any way undermining vocal prayer, praying out aloud, asking as the Bible says. But I do want to let you know that you can pray in your heart and that kind of prayer is effective. And praying in your heart and mind, you can pray so much in a short space of time. Now, when Nehemiah prayed this prayer after the king asked him the question, my question to you is, what did he actually pray? Well, you see, the thing is, we don't know. Because all it says is, I prayed to the God of heaven. So we don't know the very words he used, but maybe he said something like this, Lord, help me in this moment. Or Lord, I've been praying into this, now's my gap, give me the words. Or maybe he just said, Lord, do a miracle. And then he responded to the king. Now, on to point number three, our final point. Let's develop the habit of spontaneous prayers. It is an excellent way of praying. Now, out aloud, would you say this with me? Let's develop the habit of spontaneous prayers. It is an excellent way of praying. And our core verse, Nehemiah 2 verse 4, it says there, well, what should be done? The king asked, with a quick prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please your majesty, and then he went on with his request. Now, I would like to suggest to you folks that this way of spontaneous prayers and quick prayers is very liberating. <laughs> I think this can bring a new freedom in our prayer lives because we can all pray short, quick prayers. Come on, put up a hand if you say, yes, I can pray a short, quick prayer. Put up your hand nice and high. Wonderful. And I believe that this is a way of praying which is excellent. It is a way of praying which is manageable. There's a scripture that I'd like to tie in here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, and it says, pray without ceasing. Please say that with me. Pray without ceasing. Now, maybe you might have heard the scripture before and you've just felt guilty. <laughs> Oh, I don't pray enough. Oh, God's probably not pleased with me, and it, and it becomes a heavy. But when we think of spontaneous prayers, quick short prayers, it becomes all the more possible. And by the way, praying without ceasing does not mean that you never stop praying at all, or that words of prayer never stop coming out of your mouth. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that you have a lifestyle of prayer. It means it is the way that you are as a person. And something comes up as you're going through the day, and you pray about it. And it could be five or eight or 25 times a day. It doesn't mean that you have to pray absolutely nonstop. But it means that this is the way you do things. 
You are a person of prayer, and things come up in your mind, and you pray about it. And so I want to say to you folks, I believe that this is encouraging, because you and I can all do this. It's a continual engagement of the heart. Something comes up, you pray about it. Can I get an amen? Amen. I also want to say that praying quick prayers is especially suitable to certain types of personalities that are among us here. I am of the opinion that there are some people that you couldn't pray a long prayer to save your soul. (laughs) Come on, be real for a moment. We've got people that we know in amongst us here that your minds are racing, they're all over the place, and and if somebody tells you to sit down for 30 minutes and pray for 30 minutes, it's probably the hardest thing. It's like asking you to watch the Titanic 16 times. It's just torture, you know what I mean? All right, maybe that wasn't the best example, but anyhow. <laughs> and so this is something I believe that we need to realize that we can do. And people that struggle to pray a long prayer, I want to tell you, this is an encouragement to you. And let me tell you this. God doesn't hear your prayers because of the length of your prayer, but He hears it because of the sincerity of your heart, of your genuineness. You can just say the following words, Lord, I love you. That is a prayer, and that is a prayer that will touch the heart of God. And so let me say this. I believe that there might be people that your prayer life today is stagnant. And I want to say to you, let this be an encouragement to you that this is for you. Because I'm not saying neglect other forms of prayer, but I'm saying here is a particular type of prayer that you could do very well at as you're going through your day praying about things. And I believe that those that will focus on spontaneous prayers could take a stagnant prayer life right out of stagnancy into new life and vibrancy. And so as I'm drawing to a close, I want to say to you folks that you can pray for spontaneous prayers. You can do this. You can pray while you're driving in the car. You can pray while you're at gym. You can pray while you're standing in the queue. You can pray at all different places. You can pray in the boardroom. And it's easy, and it can actually be a whole new excitement that begins to come up, and you realize, praise God, I know now that I can begin to pray as never before. And you can just say a short prayer like, Lord, help me. You can say a short prayer like, Lord, keep me, when there's a temptation factor. You can say, Lord, you are with me. Thank you that you're with me right now. One of the things that I love to say is just simply, Lord, thank you. Or Lord, I love you. As I draw to a close, let me give you one more quotation by Spurgeon. And he says, the prayers that come leaping up out of the soul are the truly spiritual prayers. And these are the prayers that God accepts. Let me give you one more example. Here you are, late afternoon, you look out the window and you see the sunset. And for a moment you think, wow, it's quite magnificent. Let a spontaneous prayer just rise up right there. And what do you say? You just say, Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, thank you for your creation." And so I want to encourage you, let us be a people that are going to be 
begin to develop this habit of spontaneous prayers. If you've gotten something out of this message today, would you give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand with me right now. Please take the hand of the person next to you as we pray. A short prayer. <laughs> take the hand of the person next to you. Father, thank you for today. We see your word is clear, and we just want to say thank you for Nehemiah. He's shown us an example of a short and a quick, spontaneous prayer. And we invite you, God, by the Spirit, to tap on our shoulder during the days and weeks and months ahead and remind us that we would be offering up the fruit of our lips giving thanks, the fruit of our lips giving praise. And I almost want to declare over the people of God here today that prayer lives that have been in stagnation in the name of Jesus, I call you out of that stagnation and I begin to declare a new release and a new flow in your prayer life that you will begin to pray and find that the river of the living water of God is flowing out within you and you are praying like never before. And as a result of this, you are in communion with God and as a result of this, you are walking in victory in a new level. And so, Lord, I bless your people in the matchless name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Amen.